before we get into the podcast today, I want to share an exciting opportunity for you and your leadership team. Now, our team at Lifeway Leadership is bringing the ever-popular Pipeline Conference to Orange County, California on February 22nd. So Pipeline West, as we're calling it, will be an event like none other. You have to come, you have to attend, because it's not just a conference, it's a training conference. You and your team will walk away with practical steps to launch your leadership pipeline at your church. You'll hear from Carrie Newoff, Albert Tate, Tom Rayner, Eric Geiger, Daniel M., and more. This event will have plenary sessions, shorter practical TED-style talks, and Q&A with speakers. So we also offer a second day that you'll want to take a look at. It provides coaching and implementation help for you and your team. So join us at Pipeline West. Get your tickets at myleadershippipeline.com. Once again, that's myleadershippipeline.com. Now, enjoy the podcast. You're listening to the Five Leadership Questions podcast. I'm your host, Todd Atkins, and I'm here with Eric Geiger. How's it going? Good to be back. And Daniel M. Uh, Hello. We still haven't decided uh, whether or not where really Daniel's hello, hello came from. Yeah. Is he consistent? Is he consistent with the hello, hello? He's been consistent for a while now. Have you been practicing? Hello, hello. (laughs) Do you practice like in the shower? Oh, I need to look at myself every morning in the mirror and go, hello, hello. (laughs) Hello, hello. Hello. Wow. <laughs> I wish I wish that uh, you could see how amazing his, his facial expressions are as they varied with every hello, hello. <laughs> yeah, because the way you the way you look, it, it changes the changes the, the way sound. You sound. Yeah, it comes across. It does. That non nonverbal communication is ninety percent of communication. That's <laughs> what makes a podcast so challenging. All right, so Todd, what are we talking about today, Mr. Host? We are talking about leading up. Leading up. Leading up, yeah. And you're my boss, so this is going to be... I, I, know, I want to know how exactly do you... What's your? If someone asks you in an elevator, what's your philosophy of leading up? What, what do you say? Um, I don't know that I can say that because I already broke one of the rules. The, the first rule um, is you should never waste your boss's time. And Ooh. you showed up and we had, we had checked everything. We had technical sure difficulties earlier. Everything was, we, but we did make sure. And then for some reason it went awry. All right. So, so leading up, though, really is an important, absolutely. important topic. Actually, the concept came from an old John Cotter article, came out in 1980 in Harvard Business Review called Managing the Boss, which was a, a really uh, awkward title, right? Like, why you want to manage the boss? You don't think that you, you don't manage the boss. The boss manages you. But Cotter said in the article that great leaders have not just managing their teams well, but they also manage their leaders well. Because if your leader doesn't know your direction, where you're headed, uh, doesn't know your priorities, then your leader can't really can't really support you. So leading up speaks to managing managing the boss, right? Hmm. Oh, I, I didn't dang, Todd, I just answered the first question. <laughs> you did. I just hijacked a little. <laughs> That's <laughs> you, how we roll. You know, so Todd, why don't you ask the first question? Uh, we did ask the first question. What is leading up? You asked the first question, really. Leading up, extremely important. It's communicating to your boss, the person that you report to, your priorities for the area that you lead, the direction that you're taking. It's learning your leader's communication skills and communication preferences, 
when does that leader want to hear things? How frequently does the leader prefer written? Does the leader prefer uh, a drive by into the office or more of a monthly approach? Basically, you are wise if you adjust to your leader and communicate in a way that your leader best receives. Yeah, I appreciate you talking about all the different ways because people don't receive information or want to manage in the same way anyway, right? So yep. to, be able, to be able to even have that conversation with your boss and say, hey, what's the best way to communicate? So for example, with Todd, Todd doesn't like email. <laughs> right? Well, only, so, and also because he's really bad on email. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'll do is, you know, we'll... I'll, I'll call him or we'll, you know, I'll text him or right. if there's something that I want to get before him, you know, I either I'll leave it for our weekly meeting, but I just won't keep on sending him, you know, five, 10, 15 emails every day. No, I mean, and that's, that's the thing. I prefer that style of check-in. I think you prefer to know what you need to know. What, basically, I don't need to take a bunch of stuff to you all the time. I just need to take it to you when it's timely. Um, and I don't ever want to take you a problem until I've already solved it or have a good idea of how I'm going to solve it. I love it when you do that. That's good. All right. So second question, does leading up look different with different bosses? <laughs> it does. You just stated that. So <laughs> different bosses, I mean, you know, part of the issue is you may thrive under one type of leader or one type of boss and then get really frustrated when you get a different boss. So you may, you know, because you thrived and did really good at this job, you may get either promoted under a new boss or you may get sniped by another organization and yeah. now you're there. What made you succeed in the last position isn't necessarily what will help you succeed in this position and it has to do with or the organization and has to do with your boss for better or for worse a lot rise rises and falls on who your boss is and how you interact with them there is no doubt if your boss wants you to succeed you're in a much better place to succeed if your boss doesn't believe in you isn't thrilled that you're on the team doesn't believe in your priorities you're gonna have a difficult time succeeding. So you're right, man. It, you, you have got to lead up well to your boss and it does look different from context to context. Yeah. And that's where when you look at leadership transitions, right, even if you look at in a church context and the senior pastor leaves, let's say recently you're, let's say you're there and your senior pastor has left or is about to leave, you thinking that everything is going to happen the way that it's always happened. Uh, I mean, that's, that's not wise because it's not going to be the same. Yeah. So for you to even be, you to, you to even begin praying and be like, Lord, do you want me to continue to to stay here. And even if that's the case, maybe there's a six month period or a year period that you're going to say, I want to help with the transition and see how it goes. But a lot of times when your manager leaves or your boss leaves, or there's that transition, everything changes and you can't expect it to be the same thing. Yeah. When I, when I look back at uh, a couple of things in my, in my leadership, I look the, my last two bosses, Tom Rayner just came from his office a moment ago, been here six years working for him before that eight years working with Rick Blackwood, both men I'm extremely grateful for. Mm. Uh, both men have really marked the trajectory of, of my of my ministry. Really grateful for both those guys, but both very, very different leaders. So Rick, he, he really valued his sermon prep time every morning. 
And so I never called him before noon, ever. I didn't want to get him out of the flow unless it was an absolute emergency. Dr. Rayner, very different. Uh, text or call at, at, at any moment and uh, once, once more real time. Uh, they are both similar in that they prefer not constant communication as much as the important things when they need to be communicated and then strategic things in one, in one, one big sitting. So, but it's so, key to learn how that person wants to be communicated. So how to. did you learn that then? Is that just by sitting down and yeah. saying, Hey, how do, how do you want me to, how, how do you want this yeah. to work? Or do you just kind of glean that over time? Yeah. You, you glean it over time and you get better, you get better and better at it. It's like, it's like a marriage really. Mm. Um, not, not that I'm married to these guys, <laughs> you know, I'm married to Kay, married to Kay Geiger, but in many, in many ways it is like a marriage because you're learning the person and you're, you're, uh, adjusting, you're adjusting to them. It, 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 from a Christian standpoint, it's, it's actually a really beautiful thing. We submit to one another. And so if I'm going to lead effectively, I want to submit to my leader by learning how I can best serve, you know, best serve my leader. Well, and some people do that um, naturally better than others. So, you know, we would say those people are emotionally intelligent or we would say, hey, that, that person's it's they're just good at people or managing people, engaging with people. But um, it also can be learned. I mean, yeah. you know, it's you, it, by listening to a podcast like this and putting a, a couple things into practice, it's going to be really important. Even even thinking about a leader's time, I think that is the number one thing that you have to consider. That's the number one thing I consider right now because you're a busy, busy, busy dude. And I know everything that's on your plate. So anytime I interact with you, I'm wanting to make sure that it's short to the point. Yeah. And um and I I get it all done. I don't want to have to have follow up conversations or follow up emails or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. All right, third question. Yeah. This is a really good question. Todd, who wrote these questions? Uh, that would be me and Chandler Vanoy. Chandler. This is a this is a great question. When should you shut up and not lead up? <laughs> so when should you shut up and not lead up? Now, I, I think even in your shutting up, you are leading up. So you're always leading up. Yeah. You're just not leading up always effectively. But there's definitely times when you should shut up and not speak up. Mm. And I think the, the key is just learning your leader really well and, and reading the room. Here's what you have to be really careful of when you have a limited amount of time with your leader. And so uh, I'll think about, think about me, for example, and, and uh, Dr. Rayner, who I, who I work for, we have a monthly hour meeting, but so there's going to be a temptation for me to walk in and have an hour and five minutes of right. content and try to jam it into an hour. Yeah. But if I walk into the room and there's something else that he's passionate about, some strategic idea that he had, or there's some major problem he's wanting to solve, I have got to shut up with my agenda and, and really solve or lean in and do all I can to solve his problem, his pain point, or he won't even hear all of the other stuff that I'm bringing to the table. Yeah, that's good. Right. That's good to the, the ability to adapt and be agile, you know, in, in coming prepared. So rather than just say, yep. oh, you know, the boss is going to set the agenda, but to actually be proactive and say, this is, the, these are the things that I yep. need to share. Be prepared, I but you got to, you got to read off, you got to read off your leader. And if you don't solve your leader's pain points, 
you're not going to be able to elicit your leader's help on your key pain points. Right. And, and I do think sometimes it's, Hey, I may know, I may know the answer and I may ultimately know where the leaders want to go, but I need to, I need it to be a conversation. Um, not just something I'm spouting out. Uh, so giving it enough time to almost not guide them where you want them to go, but you already know this is where it's probably going to end up going because hopefully you know your leader well, but you want to let them get there. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so along that note, I have a question then for you guys. The, the question's interesting because it says, when should you shut up and not lead up? And in, in, in leadership, there, I mean, even before we started, we're talking about the nonverbals. Right. So you see the nonverbals. Let's say you're about to go into a meeting and you see the nonverbals of your boss and you see that they're stressed. Right. Or or you see not even their nonverbals, but you but before you get into the meeting, you realize, hey, there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of stuff going on. How, how much at, at what point do you just say, hey, I have a lot of stuff as well. I just need to share this. Because you're you're trying to anticipate what the leader is going to how they're going to respond or, or do you just kind of – do you try to look into that and say, hey, I'm, I'm not going to share this much because I think this is what they're dealing with? Or do you just share it all during that meeting and see how it pans out? Uh, it's, 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 like, it's like when you read a room when you're speaking. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's an art, not a science. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if the leader is unengaged, you definitely want to share less. Okay. If and it's because and the leader being unengaged doesn't mean you have an uninterested leader or a bad leader. You may just have a leader who just got punched in the face ten minutes before you walked in with some other news or another problem or is super excited about it, an opportunity. And so you just can't be tone deaf. You got you got to feel the vibe of the leader. I know that sounds so nebulous. And that's oh, why I, mean, I said, I, I said it gets better the longer you work with that, that person. Yeah. And I think it, it makes sense because you have, you, you can read what's going on in the room, but when you're there with the leader, with your boss like yeah. in face to face, that's why them, I do think face to face, can read. I do think face to face is such a better medium yeah. for leading up. It's why, and I know we're going to do a podcast in the future about leading remote teams. There is a different vibe of being able to read the leader when you're face to face. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Totally. I think the other, I'll, I'll say one more thing when you should shut up is when you don't have anything to say, but you just feel like you have to say something. Oh, don't do it. Don't do it. In a meeting or something, man. Don't, don't do, do it. Don't do it. Or don't speak up just because you want credit for something mm. uh, or you feel like, you know, there's something that's going, Oh, I need to, I need to weigh on this too or, or whatever. Just, just let it go. Yeah, that's good. All right. Question number four, how do you lead up and your boss doesn't know it? Okay. So you have to be careful with this question because <laughs> I don't want someone to read that and think that means manipulation. Yeah. How do I lead up without my boss? No, that's what I'm doing. I, 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 I don't want to do it that way. I want my boss to know that I, that I'm intentionally communicating so that my leader's more effective, so that I'm more effective, so that the whole organization is, is more effective. Um, I, I, I don't, 
I don't mind the question, but I want to I want to preemptively go against the question and say, you, the leading up is never supposed to be stealth. It's never supposed to be um, in a way that the boss doesn't know <laughs> that's what you're doing. Right. Because this is not manipulation. Really, yeah, that's when yeah. it can really. This is good. not you know okay. I got I got my leader's personality profile. I got his or her disc profile, I understand his or her gifting. And I know if I say this, this, as long as the motivation is for that person's good and the good of the people we serve and our team's good, I think right. you're, you're clear on, on the motivation just has to be good. You know, not, uh, I know what buttons to push in my leader. I know what things to say that are going to get that person to get fired up and go blow up in another direction. That is uh, that you're abusing the concept of leading up if that's where if that's what you're going after. Mm. Now, it's it's interesting because it really is a fine line, even when we talk about profiles, right? Profiling and, and strengths and and in the teams that I've led in the past. I would really study each of the members and know what their strengths are. And, and, and when I would do my one-on-ones, I would like, it would be really different based on their strengths and based on what I know I need to do to motivate them or encourage them or connect with them. So, I mean, when it go, when it, when it comes to leading down, I don't see that as manipulative as all at all. Yeah. So, so where's the line on the, on the flip side? That's good. It's just, uh, okay. So, an example would be um, when I was with uh, when I was with Lon Solomon as my senior pastor. I would watch person after person come through with a twenty-page PowerPoint, uh, and that just didn't work. Hmm. The one pager—that's what you need. Yeah, you know, it was a one pager, and that's what he loved. You know, you I love one pagers. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. One pagers are great because because it, it says the person who's given me the one pager has thought, has put words in a concise and, and clear format, has done some of the mental work for the leader, as opposed to yeah. a six-page document. Oh, it's harder to do a one-pager. It's much harder to do a one-pager. <laughs> it, it was a Mark Twain that said, um, I uh, I could have written a shorter letter, but I, wrote, uh, I didn't have enough time. <laughs> yeah. So I wrote a long one instead. Basically, it takes, it takes more discipline and more time to be concise. Yeah, and plus back then. Speaking of concise, like we should go on to the next question. <laughs> <laughs> back then, you'd have to actually read. That's true. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That, 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 that I didn't think about. It. That's a good point. I, the heart of this, uh, the heart of this question was more along the lines of, you know, how do you do this without being patronizing or it seeming? I know you're trying to weird. defend Chandler on the question. I'm trying to defend myself <laughs> on the question, Todd. I'm just all I was saying. I think it's a great question. I just want to be sure. Because there is a tension here. Here's the tension. I'm going to be honest. You can learn your leader really well. And if you learn your leader really well and you're not led with some, some pure motivations, you can easily manipulate your leader. Yeah. You know, you know exactly when to communicate in the format that the leader likes to be communicated to. You've been around the leader long enough. You know what gets the leader frustrated you know what gets the leader passionate. You can manipulate. So you must be careful. As you get really good at communication, you, you have to be sure your heart's right as best as you can tell, that you, you are seeking the Lord and allowing him to purify you because the better you get at communication, the better you can get at manipulation. Yeah, I think one thing that really helps with that before we get to our next question is seeing yourself on the same team. 
Now, now seeing yourself as saying, now, I, I, this, this is some advice that my father-in-law gave me. And he was like, Hey, that's so good. You have a good relationship with your father-in-law. I mean, it's, <laughs> I feel like you're leading, leading up right now. <laughs> I feel like you're leading up to your father-in-law. Did you do everything good at home right now? <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. It's good. Okay, okay good. <laughs> We're, I'm about to see him in a couple of weeks, but, but this, this is what he said. He was like, Hey, um, one of the best things that you can do is make your boss succeed. Yeah, that's, like, that's good. If, if you can, if, if, and he like straight up just looked at me, he's like, if you can make your boss succeed, then it's all going to take care of itself. And I was like, you're right. You're right. I mean, it's, and, and in that way, if you're, let's say you are struggling, let's say you do like the profiles, let's say you, you are struggling with some of the heart stuff. If you, if you legitimately see yourself as being on the same team as your boss and, and you want to help them succeed, then I don't know if you can have a, a impure motive. Mm-hmm. Good deal. It's good. All right. I'm going to move us on to our last question. What are some best practices for leading up? So I recently read this uh, HBR uh, little article on this, and they're like, hey, one of the things that you can do is just make sure that you are repeatedly sharing some of the metrics or some of the, the achievements or things that you have gotten done. Because especially on a future episode, once again, we're referencing a future one on remote teams. The more and more we're not face-to-face -face with each other, right? Sometimes a day can go by, right? So Todd, our team works a couple days from home. Mm -hmm. And there are some remote days where, you know, we're on the phone multiple times a day or we're oh, yeah. emailing. And there are other days where I don't talk to you all day. And, and let's say... I mean, we, we have trust with one another and I was getting my work done. But if you didn't have, if you do that over and over and over again and you have, there, there's not that connection or not that that face-to-face -face conversation or saying, hey, this is what I got done or this or that. Even if you're not required to do like a weekly report, just shooting some things like, hey, this is what I've been working on. That is, that's huge for trust building. And I think that's a great, great point. <laughs> I love how Eric's doing a selfie right now. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't have called me out. That wasn't good leading up. That wasn't good leading up, Daniel. Well, part of it was, that was no bad leading up. anything after I finished my point. I had to say, good point, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's we leading yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's lead, leading yourself. Leading yourself. That's good. We should do an episode on that. I think best practice on leading up is just constantly adjusting to your leader, realizing that your leader does change. Your leader does uh, a good point. get better. Your leader does have new priorities. So you cannot put in a nice neat box where, who your leader is and where your leader is going. Uh, that would, that would make this a science. It's not a science, it's an art. And so just to constantly be aware of what's important to your leader, yeah. uh, how your leader prefers to be communicated to that's, you cannot, you cannot assume that how your leader preferred being communicated to two years ago is the same today. I would say uh, one of the big things is understanding the whole totality of, of your leader's responsibilities, meaning if, okay, so you're probably on a team and the higher level of leadership that, that you have, odds are the higher level of leadership your boss has. And so as you, you know, kind of go up through a pipeline, you have to understand that that person's responsibilities need to be your responsibilities as well, or at least from a knowledge perspective. So in part, being um, a, a good, um, 
a, a good employee, I guess, is being a good team player. Yeah. Um, what I mean by that is I don't need to just understand what what I need to do to succeed. I need to know what we do to succeed. Um, because as you pointed out, it's going to be very hard for me to succeed if my leader fails. So, yeah. and that's not just if I'm successful in my one swim lane, I still have to think about all the other areas of responsibility so that I can adequately speak into those and be a good team member and lead laterally, which is a whole other. We've talked about that before, yes. right? That's yeah. been a podcast. Yeah. Good deal. All right. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening. You've been listening to the five leadership questions. I am one of the hosts, Eric Geiger, signing off with my friend Todd Atkins and Daniel M. In our new studio. In the new studio, which you can't see because it's a podcast. Hope you liked it. Hope it was helpful. Have a good one. Goodbye. 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 <laughs> Wait, don't, don't go yet. Don't. Hold up. Okay. So we are doing Pipeline West in the OC. That's right. Southern California. Yay. February 22nd and 23rd. So February 22nd is the actual conference day. That's Kerry Newoff, Tom Rayner, Eric Geiger, myself, Daniel M., Albert Tate. These people will all be bringing it for sure. You want to be there, not only because it's going to be great content, but it's February, okay? And this is California. So it's a, the sunny at 76 is good to be at any time of year, but especially in February. Hope to see you there.